All right, you guys ready? Yep. All right. You're listening to the Tomorrow Today podcast with Kyle Kaplanis. Don't FOMO right. out. That's right. the biggest mistake in this space right now with FOMO. And Duke McKenzie. That's just crazy, right? It's like it's insane. like conversations with thought leaders, experts, influencers, culture shapers, discussing all things innovative, groundbreaking creative developments evolving digital markets. The podcast for those who are curious about what is next. Social media, Web3, NFTs, the metaverse, all the things you need to know about to start planning tomorrow's success today. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tomorrow Today. It is one of your hosts, Kyle Kaplanis, and I got my main man in the studio. What's up? It is Duke McKenzie. What's going on, Kyle? I'm excited, I'm excited, 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 excited for today's episode. Yes, sir. We have Mick Porter over from Needle Music. He's the CEO and one of the co-founders of Needle Music, which is the world's first social platform built to facilitate meaningful connections through music. And that's where I think a lot of people in the world right now are really craving communities and craving those connections. So I'm excited to have Mick in the studio to talk to us about Needle Music and learn more about him and what's going on over there. So Mick, welcome to Tomorrow Today. Welcome, Mick. Welcome, Mick. How are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal. Better now. Excited to chat. And I think we see eye to eye about so many things. So it's going to be an exciting conversation. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking Absolutely, forward to it. Absolutely, man. Typically how we kick this off, because some of our listeners may not have listened to the podcast that I did over on BizTalk for TikTok, but let's start with your origin story. Tell us a little bit more about you and how Needle got started. Needle initially started as a better way to find and share music, and it really is that simple. It's since evolved into something much more powerful, which we've seen just based on user activity on the app. And so pretty much the focus of the platform now and moving forward is just using music as a medium to connect to other people. We've seen that music is arguably the most powerful medium to facilitate connections between people. Happens all the time in the real world, but there isn't really a dedicated digital space to allow people to connect through music. So that's our mission and goal at the moment. That's really cool. When you say using music as a means to connect other people, dive in a little bit. Like, how does your platform do that? And how are you achieving your mission? Yeah. So, right now, we're still in our beta. We're going to launch our full on product in the coming months that is actually geared to really amplify that. But right now, an easy way to think about it is people call our product the Instagram for music, right? So, it's just the social media dedicated for music curation, engagement, listening. And what we found is people's favorite part of the platform is being able to see what either a new friend, old friend, fan, artist, influencer, things of that nature are listening to on a daily basis. It's so much more powerful and personal to be able to find a song through a human being as opposed to an algorithm. So really just connecting humans and music and Seeing the bonds that that creates is really exciting and powerful. You hit the nail on the head, which is interesting. So it's funny because I don't know if it was Kyle I was talking to last week about it or whatever. So I'm a big music buff. I love music, all of those things. And one of the things that I used to do when I was a lot younger and in my teens and in high school and even in university, I would go to the CD stores or the record stores when they would release every, I think they would drop albums every Tuesday or something like that. And I would go and I would look at all the CDs, but a big portion of my music discovery was 
two things was talking to the people in the CD shop or the record store, especially I would go to independence and stuff like that. And what I find now is that I have unlimited choice, but my process of discovery is not as good because I used to get a lot of recommendations that way, like from people that I would trust their music taste or from my friend discovered a different band or so. But what we're finding mm-hmm. is that it's interesting that you're saying that is that my process of music discovery now is unlimited choice, but I, it's harder. And especially since my music habits have changed, like people used to listen to bodies of work from an artist that you would see from front to end, but now it's just a whole volume of songs, harder path of discovery and recommendation. And so that that's an interesting that's an interesting way that's an interesting solution that you're trying to solve. And I bet you that your beta is must be going well because yeah, that, that's I mean, right on the point. I can talk to you about just this angle probably for two hours. You know, just to give a brief synopsis of what I think when you say that. I come from a similar era. I grew up in San Francisco. I remember going to Amoeba Records on Haight Street. Right, and right. Going through new releases and talking to the people that worked there. Before that, it was crate dicking for vinyl records. So it's only in the last 10, 20 years that you have access to every song with the swipe of your finger. You know, historically before that, it was much more finite, the music that you could have on you. And thus it was much more personal of a reflection of who you were. No, 100%, 100%. You were sharing because you had to actually carry it on you, either as cassette tapes or CDs, Walkmans, things of that nature. So being able to bring back that refinement, that personal touch to music discovery really is exciting. And there's a demand for it in the digital era of unlimited songs. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something, Mick, like about algorithms, right? And I feel like how algorithms work the best is like who has the most to pay to get yourself in front of that algorithm, right? And I feel like there's a lot of small artists who don't have the funds to get themselves out there and push themselves so they never get found. Whereas like a platform like Needle, let's say, they could build their communities and word of mouth by a human gets out and gets talking about, hey, you got to hear this new artist. They're sick. Their song really resonated with me. And I think that people are still craving that easy way of sharing with their friends. Our moniker is there's no better way to find music than through your friends. And our early traction has proven that we have a 50% song save rate on the app. So that means that everyone that listens to a song, half of those songs are saved to their Spotify profiles, which on the best Spotify playlist, they're targeting like 20%. The proof is in the pudding that I'd rather find a song through Kyle or Duke or a close friend or my favorite artist rather than a Spotify playlist with no human touch. And as you said, back-end dollars funding that curation. I don't want to spend the whole time talking about this, but I'm like excited because it's interesting. So uh, again, I'm a big hip-hop fan and some of the best independent rappers that I would listen to, I discovered from either going to the record store or from a buddy saying, hey, blah, blah, blah. And what I realize right now is even though I have unlimited choice, I'm a little selection. Even I'm trying to think when was now I'm older, I'm 46 and fresh. So like, I don't have as much time to study all the things or whatever. I think it is even harder now to discover new talent and to find independent artists. So I like that point you said there, Kyle, because I used to get independent artist recommendations all the time from my curated group of people who I trusted music from and who got, and now with everything unlimited, I get a lot of stuff. I get the pop stuff. I get what's taken off on TikTok, which again, Mm -hmm. TikTok's dope and all that stuff. But I don't get, oh, 
your 10 friends who you haven't talked to in a while are listening to this kind yeah. of independent thing. So that's really cool. What made you think of this? Like, what made you say, yo, I, I really want to know, like, what what, what was your origin story you started that? Yeah, so it came out of just an organic need and desire to want to see what my friends were listening to, regardless of where we lived, right? So one of my best friends is a DJ in New York. Another one lives in now Los Angeles at the time he was living in San Francisco. And we'd have a group chat where we were always sending links to each other, sending playlists. And then the experience died there. I would send them a song link and they'd be at work or in the gym or driving and they couldn't listen to it. And then I would never know if they ever listened to it. I would never know if they ever liked it. I'd mm. you know send them a question mark and they'd be like, oh, dude, I love that song. I've been banging it all day. But I would have no idea, right? So bringing some transparency and some loops of engagement and just existing social media structures to the music discovery and sharing process is really why we created this and just wanting to stay more in touch with my friends whose music I love. Everyone has those few people in their life who they want to use as a touch point. <laughs> For sure. We had a conversation before this, but you said something about that there's a lot of artists out there that they're really good at music but not good at other socials. And therefore they feel like Instagram might not be the place or TikTok's not the place because they feel like they're not good creators, but they're really good artists and they're really good in the studio. So I think it is really cool that there's a platform now that they can just do music where that's their strength and be able to feel confident and sharing what they know, what they do best. Yeah. There should be a way to connect with your favorite artists through the medium that we're all fans of in the first place through, right? So I want to see what my favorite artist, what my favorite friend, what my favorite influencer is listening to. I think they should be able to connect with their fans through the medium of music. You know, it's funny. A lot of fans ask creators that question. What do you actually listen to? Yeah. Like, because mm. they see their content, but they're like, do we have a connection outside of just your content? Like, maybe they also have a favorite song. Funnily enough, like I'm a big Deftones fan, right? And one of our creators who's young, she's only 18, is a huge Deftones fan too. And I was like, wait, what? That's my era, but you're a huge fan of that. And that was really cool. It drew me a little bit closer to working with my creator and just we shared that bond on music, which was really cool. It's so interesting. And that's what we're so excited about the future of our platform because we've already seen people that you would never imagine being friends mm -hmm. are obsessed with each other because they share the same taste in music. It really holds no age, no demographic. There's no pre-existing notions or structures that you can relate to other than connecting through a love of similar music. You know, what's interesting is what your platform is doing, what Needle Music is doing, it seems like what you're catching on is what the rise of TikTok has done for platforms, especially social media platforms or whatever it is, is that it changed the conversation from media consumption for the last, I would say, five to 10 years was focused on demographic, your social graph, right? Whereas your platform, what it's doing is bringing things back and following the trend of we connect people through interests, right? Through interests and through music and through all of that type of stuff. And that TikTok has been showing people things. Basically, it's a massive interest graph because like, it shows you things based on what you're consuming, not necessarily what your demo is looking at or anything exactly. like that. So that, that's an interesting trend that you're following on there. I had a real quick question for you as we're going on this. First of all, I love, love the idea. That's cool from a fellow music lover. What other things are you doing? Just picking up a Kyle's point about how some music artists and what are great at making music or whatever, but not as good as building community. How are you helping artists that front help enable their community? What are your thoughts on that? Would lo love to hear more. 
Yeah, that's at the core of what we do. So we want people to be able to gain a following through their music curation. We envision a world where creators or music curators could actually monetize access to their needle profiles via their music curation. Right now, we have a point system in place where depending on the engagement that your music receives or how actively you're consuming music on the platform, we give you points that are a reflection of how good of a music curator you are in theory. And then we're actually going to give some real world value to those points where you can actually promote music through the app to help trend songs for people that are more grassroots curators and things of that nature. But yeah, we already have people that have thousands of followers on the app that have all grown organically and have more followers on Needle than they do on Instagram. We do have connectivity to social medias through our Needle profiles. So really just trying to set the intersection of social media and music because we are seeing those two worlds converge. And Talk is now the top discovery platform, Mm. but they weren't built for music. That was the afterthought Mm. to the content and the videos being created. So we think there should be a social media dedicated to music that allows people to grow their following through that medium. And the thing is with TikTok, and, and I know Kyle's spoken about it a lot. It's funny, music became, it became a powerful driving force for music, but you're 100%, it wasn't built for music. So right now, what's driving the trend on TikTok is speaking and comedy seems to be like, that's the next, mm-hmm. next phase where music is such a powerful, powerful piece of media. So developing a platform in mind with being music first should be interesting because what's out there as well is when you look at the leaders of Spotify, where most people get their music or whatever, they try and add community tools or whatever, but their main thing is about again, volume and selection and getting interesting mm-hmm. streams. So that's an interesting thing. Now, so when you started from idea to conception, like how long did he, like what happened? Did you just say, yo, I'm inspired. Let me start coding. Tell us about <laughs> how you got it, got, got it getting up. Yeah, we've been quietly building for about two years now. We've only been in our beta for about 11 months. So still early, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting for us to be able to give shine to building a technical product, being a non-technical founder. So I am not a coder, neither are my two co-founders. We have found a great team of engineers to build the code and to create this vision with us. But something I talked about with Kyle a few weeks ago was as the world becomes increasingly technologically driven, people are going to need to create technical products, but not everyone, especially people that weren't born recently, They weren't taught how to code in schools. It's not in the bread and butter of our society yet as it should be, but we think that there should be a way and we think that we want to give inspiration to non-technical founders to not be scared to start an app, to start a web-based product, to start something in Web3. 100%. I actually think another major trend, I think the Valley and even technology has not given enough uh, attention and credit to founders who are more on the design front or are more on the product front and, and not technical. And if you look at two of the most innovative products that were not technically driven. So Airbnb's founder, what's his name? Brian Chesky. Yeah, he's a design. He's design. He's not technical. Brian Chesky is not technical. And Airbnb, like... I know we see others. It's a great product and had such profound effect on the marketplace. Instagram, Mm -hmm. the founders were not technical, were photographers and all that type of stuff. And even though it's a Facebook-driven thing, I hear you 100%, such a profound effect of how we consume social media. And you know who doesn't get enough credit because they're getting killed in the moment is Snap. Snap, Spiegel is not a technical founder and it's too bad it keeps on getting ripped off 
but his thought and his process is like I actually had a prof- profound effect on social media as well. So I, I hear you a hundred percent of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's that you shouldn't, if you have a good idea and all those things, yes, we like technical founders will pay a premium, but it shouldn't stop you. And your, I bet you your perspective and your point of view adds a lot to something that like there's pros and cons with everything that the way the product that you have created now uh, has a certain point of view with your background and with your experience. Yeah, it's a sliding scale. Obviously, it makes it easier to know how to code. And I think that's going to be the most important skill and trait for the next generation. But mm-hmm. that shouldn't stop you from creating the product of your dreams. And if you have the passion, the grit, and the perseverance, you can do anything you want. You can find the people to build the product with you. We think it's actually the visionary, the designer, the thought leader that matters the most. Yeah, no, I agree. And just even though we're going on a tangent, here, here's the thing though. Here's let me challenge you on that a little bit about everyone will need to know how to coach. So Kyle got me on what's that thing? The PowerPoint, the Kavana, the sprint, yeah. uh, the Canva, the design, right? Canva. Canva, right? God knows I'm not a designer, right? Lord knows, right? Like <laughs> I, I have no artistic skill and whatever. But what's with the tools that are going on over more and more so is I could now put together a really good presentation with my non-skills as I know coding is different, but I've been reading a lot of things as AI is getting better, as we're able to find labor around the world cheaper and all of those things. We'll see how much, how it works. You make a terrific point. Yeah. Great point. As things progress and innovation continues, some of the skill sets that were necessary at the early stages aren't as necessary. There's so many incredible no code apps that you can create at the snap of your fingers and right, exactly the depth of technical product as mm-hmm. coding it from mm-hmm. scratch. But yeah, in the near future, I could foresee not even needing to code to create a technical product. Yeah. Somebody will u- take their coding skills to make an app or a function that you can code with easy terminology that we all know. And websites are a good example, like Wix and all those and GoDaddy. You can build websites with just dragging and dropping things now. So you don't yeah. even need to know how to do like HTML coding. It's all built in. So yeah, I agree with that. Future is exciting. So I'll tell that to uh, <laughs> all the people that tell me that it's a huge risk that I'm not a technical founder. Yeah, you're like, hey, years. Yeah, <laughs> just, just wait, just watch. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's funny. That that, that that's love good. that. And, and then what's the most? And then like, what is the most exciting thing right now? I know the whole business is exciting you and everything, but how long you've been in beta now? Couple, you said about two, three. Yeah, about or? eleven months. Yeah. About eleven months. So, what is the big surprise that you've seen that surprised you, and what's the things that that that's been exciting you the most? We talk to our users every day to figure out how we need to shape the product moving forward, what's working, what's not working. We really are just a reflection of our user base, which is continually growing. I have conversations with. I'm involved in a charity called Young Musicians Unite. So I meet with their high school students pretty often just to canvas them on what they want to see in the social media landscape, if they think needle makes sense to them, things of that nature. And the overwhelming majority of people have said that it's the connections through music that excite them the most and that there's no digital space to replicate finding a new favorite song in the car with your friend or being at a bar or at a sports game and hearing a song come on and you looking across the aisle and see someone else vibing to that, right? So we think there should be a digital space to connect people based on their music because I would argue that there's no better indicator of whether two people are going to get along than a shared love of music. (laughs) So 
There's a lot that has excited us. There's been a lot of surprises and discoveries along the way through this process, but we it's become crystal clear in our eyes. That's the future of our company is in facilitating connections, whether it's in the form of friendships or romantic relationships or what have you through music. And really right. that's what gets us excited. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, interesting side note. I just want to bring this in because you said relationships or whatever. That's how I met my wife actually was singing online karaoke through music. Oh my gosh. So that's <laughs> if we're gonna you know, testimonial for you. We didn't, right, the, right. Say, hey, we didn't look, share the yeah, same connection through a song. Exactly. What, what, what song? What song did was she sing were you guys singing together? Yeah. You gotta tell the you have not make, this story out uh, uh, you gotta share the tell it was uh, I'll make love to you by voice to man. Wait, hold on. Incredible. Okay, and so you guys were singing, I'll make love to you, voice man, and she just mm-hmm. loved your voice. So she's like, hey, I did. No, it was it was like a group song. You sang with a bunch of people. There was like eight people singing the song, like an acapella type thing. But uh, we saw each other on there, but we joined it at the exact same time and typically through the app called Smule, which is like an online karaoke thing. But uh, when we played it back, we saw each other in the playback, but they, we weren't in there at the same because we it was weird how it like glitched out. And we just joked about that and just started talking from that. Interesting. If we didn't share the same love of boys to men, we would not have sang that song together. So there you go. That that is that's that is, incredible. That gets me fired up. <laughs> that is fired up. And then what is the next as we get ready to wind this down here? What does the next 12 months look like? So it's been about a year that you've been in beta, you've been building it for two years, about a year in beta. What does the next 12 months look like? And then where do you see it? I know you talked a little bit about the vision, but like what does it look like in, in 10 years? Where's the end game here of connecting through music? Absolutely. We're looking to raise our first outside capital here in Q4. We've been pretty bootstrapped and just from some family and friend capital thus far, which has been amazing and gotten us to where we need to be. But now that we have an MVP and a proof of concept that we've had hundreds of thousands of connections made via music on the app, we now know where we need to go in our full product release. So coming next year, we're going to release our full product that is going to be a really sticky, viral, fun way for you to just post one song and then get a connection based on that song every single day. And it won't matter what streaming service you use. So right now we're integrated with Spotify. So if you're a Spotify premium user, you can listen to full music on the app. But with the future of the product, it won't matter whether you're Apple, Deezer, SoundCloud, Amazon, YouTube, regardless of what underlying streaming service you use, you can curate, connect, and share music in our platform and find others that have that same music taste as you. And so we envision a world where we have millions of people that have made friends, made lovers, built relationships based (laughs) on music. And on the flip side of that, we want artists, curators, and existing influencers to be able to monetize their music curation so you can actually get paid to post music. So it's find love through music and get paid to post music. (laughs) I love it. Love that. I love it. I love it. You know what? That is a great, great way to close. (laughs) I cannot say it any better myself there, Mick. Thanks a lot for coming on today. We really appreciate it. I'm downloading the app as we speak. I'm going to go download it right now. And I'm going to go start discovering some, I I need some new independent hip hop artists that I got to spend some time looking for. So I'm going to share some good OG hip hop and some Uh, up and coming hip hop. So I'm excited. All right. I'm really excited about it. Thanks a lot for coming on today. Thanks, Thanks, Mick. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to the Tomorrow Today podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to follow us on social media at Project Z Talent. That's P-R-J-T-Z Talent. And stay tuned next week for more of the Tomorrow Today podcast. Because shaping your tomorrow starts today.